This is a reminder you're listening to the delayed broadcast here on Faith FM. If you would like to listen to the live show live and participate in the quiz and the prizes and all the other fun things that happen on Faith FM Breakfast Show, then simply download the Faith FM app available on Apple or Android platforms. Welcome back, guys. Encounter with God here. Lyle and Gemma, and we are about to get into a 20 million movement Bible study. Before we do, nobody has this uh, quiz sorted out yet, so we're going to give another opportunity for somebody to win a prize. The next clue is, Hagar the Egyptian is my mother. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah. The next one's bigger, so you've got to get it before the next clue. All right. Who was Hagar's son? We didn't know if it was a boy or a girl. Well done. No, of course we do because... Anyway, whatever. Extra clue. (laughs) (laughs) Extra clue. But the prize, if you know it, the prize is They Knew Him, which is a book by Anita Marshall, which is all about uh, those who walked with Jesus while he was on earth and the stories about that. Excellent book. Number to call is 1-800-FAITH-FM. That is 1-800-324-843. Or you can text us on 0491... 064-669, if you know the answer. Gemma, we need to get into our Bible study. Yes. I'm so excited about this Bible study. Been waiting for it all day. Okay, we are in Daniel chapter 9. So summarizing where we're up to so far, let's just do a bit of a quick recap for those of you who may have missed yesterday's show. In Daniel chapter 8, Daniel receives a vision. He receives a vision that the angel Gabriel then comes and explains. Gabriel explains to him who the goat, who the ram is, who the two horns are, who the goat is, who the little who the great horn is, who the four horns are, who the little horn is, how long the prophecy is and what happens at the end of the prophecy. Super specific. He only leaves one detail out, the missing puzzle piece. And without that missing missing puzzle piece, the puzzle actually makes no sense whatsoever at all, and that is the starting date dun, dun, dun. for the time prophecy. Without the starting date, none of it is going to come together. So Daniel does some Bible study on the subject, and he comes up with some extra puzzle pieces that actually don't fit this particular puzzle. <laughs> but he's trying to figure it out, and so he goes to God in prayer, and within the space of about three verses, Gabriel leaves heaven, comes back to this earth to continue the explanation of the prophecy. And that's where we pick up the story. So he, Gabriel here is continuing the explanation of Daniel chapter 8. And we were reading verse 24. So Gemma, if you could read for us verse 24, please, and we will go through it again. Sorry. Daniel chapter 9 and verse 24 while she scrolls scrolling. through her... I'm scrolling. It's okay, I got it. I got it. Verse, <laughs> verse 24. I got it. A period of 70 sets of seven has been decreed for your people and your holy city to finish their rebellion, to put an end to their sin, to atone for their guilt, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to confirm the prophetic vision, and to anoint the most holy place. This is a verse that is packed full of information. We're going to start from the top. We're going to review a couple of things. First of all, the Bible says 70 weeks are cut off for your people. Seven sets of seven. 70 sets of seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My translation says 70 weeks. Yours says 70 lots of seven. It's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, 70 times seven equals 490. That's 490 days in total. So that's a day for a year. That gives you 490 years. Yep. Makes okay. sense. This is one of those. The next, the next four verses, um, you're going to need a calculator. Or a calculator would be useful. 
or a mathematical brain. I don't have a mathematical brain, so use a calculator. Once you uh, do a cal- bring out your calculator, it all becomes very, very simple. Okay, so basically what uh, Gabriel says is, look, 490 years are cut off for your people. Mm-hmm. We know who Daniel's people are. They are the Jews because Daniel is a Jew. Yep. So 490 years are cut off for Daniel's people. Now, we noted yesterday that if you're going to take something, if you're going to cut something off from something, mm-hmm. you have to have something there to begin with and it has to be bigger than the thing that you're cutting it off of, right? Yes. Okay, so if you're going to cut 490 years off something... There has to be something there. has to be something to cut it off of. Yeah. What is that? Well, clearly that is the 2,300 years, Mm -hmm. which is the only option the Bible gives you at this particular point. So we've got 2,300 years, and you have 490 that's cut off of that for the Jewish people. Yes. So this is this is very special. This is uh, a huge privilege. This is very exciting for the Jewish people in particular. It says that during this time period, um, they are to do two things. Let's read them. Finish transgression and make an end of sins. In other words, they've been given a time period in which to get their act together right with God. Yeah. The Jewish people have a history and the Israelite people have a history of sometimes worshipping God and mostly not. I like my version because it says finish their rebellion. Okay, finish their rebellion and yeah. what was what else did it say? Yeah, to put an end to their sin. Yeah, so. yeah put an end to their sins. Yeah. Okay, basically stop sinning. Yeah, pretty much. Come to God get your and act together. give up your sins. Yeah. But then it goes on... And it says something else. And it says to make reconciliation for iniquity and to bring in everlasting righteousness. To atone for their guilt. Who made reconciliation or atonement? Jesus. Jesus did when he died on Calvary. And this is where the prophecy suddenly gets really interesting because now suddenly, you know, Gabriel is almost like he's thrown in this curveball. It's like, yeah, you've got 490 years to get your act together. The kind of message that... You know, a similar kind of message that the prophets have all been bringing to the nation of Israel and the, and the nation of Judah for so long. Uh, you've got this, you know, you guys need to come back to God. But then he throws this curveball in. Within this time period, the Messiah will arrive, make reconciliation or atonement, and bring in, and bring in everlasting righteousness. Mm. And suddenly, whoa, you have my attention. We now know that within this period, Messiah will arrive. Okay, so that's super exciting. All right, then what does yours say? To confirm the prophetic vision. Mine says to seal it. Ooh. Okay, so let's think about this for a moment. You got 490 years. Yes. It's cut off of 2,300. And Gabriel says that its purpose is to confirm the vision. Mm Mm-hmm. What is the vision? Well, clearly the vision is the vision of chapter 8. Previous chapter, yep, yep. Why does the vision need to be confirmed? The vision has a whole bunch of uh, historical events in it that confirm it. It has the Medes and the Persians. It has the Greeks. It has uh, Imperial Rome. It has Holy Rome. It has everything in there that you need to confirm it. Except there's one event within that prophecy that you can't confirm. And that is the cleansing of the sanctuary, otherwise known as the judgment. Because the judgment takes place in heaven before Jesus comes back. You know, he says, I bring my reward with me. Mm. He's already, judgment has already happened in heaven before Jesus comes back. How are you going to confirm that? Can you go to heaven, Gemma, like uh, today and say, hey, I want to have a look around and see what's ha- taking place up here. Let me see if the judgment has started yet. I wish. Yeah, yeah we all <laughs> wish that we could, right? We can't. 
I know. And Pass. so here's what God does. God's like, okay, I'm going to give you a 2,300-year prophecy. Mm. The end event is going to take place in heaven. Yes. You won't be able to see it. Yeah, you won't know when that event's taking place. October 22, 1844 will come and go. There, I just spat it out. Uh, <laughs> we'll come and go, and it will be just like any other day. Yep. And you won't even know what goes on in heaven. Mm. So here's what I'll do. I'll cut off 490 years. Within that period, I will list a whole stream of events that are, needed, that are going to take place, and I will give you specific dates for them. So that when you see them fulfilled, they are the confirmation that you can accept what happens at the end of the prophecy as well. Mm. So basically what God is doing is he's giving us a whole bunch of dates and events on earth so that when they are fulfilled, we don't have to accept the date at the end with blind faith. We have evidence for it. Nice. So we're going to have evidence with uh, Medo-Persia. We're going to have evidence with Alexander the Great. We're going to have evidence with the division of the Greek Empire. We're going to have evidence with um, <coughs> the uh, rise of Imperial Rome. We're going to have evidence with the rise of the Holy Roman Empire and the Antichrist. We are going to have you know lots of different historical evidence, but then God's like, okay, yeah, I'm going to go more than that, and I'm going to give you a bunch of dates now. Just to show that I can give you time prophecy, mm. I'm going to give you a whole bunch of dates and watch what happens when they're fulfilled. My translation uses the, your translation uses the word confirm. Mine translation uses the word seal. Mm. So by seeing these things take place on earth, it confirms what will take place in the future in heaven. Yeah. Uh, seal is a stronger word. It, it is. Because Confirms if something like, is, yep, okay, but sealed is like, whoo. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Sealed is uh, a super strong word. And um, it's when, when something is sealed, that's locked in. That is a guarantee of authenticity. And that's what we have attached to this great prophecy. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Okay, so we have uh, the prophecy being sealed and we're going to be given all of those events that will seal the prophecy in just a moment. There is one more thing that is going to take place here in verse 24. To anoint the most holy place. Okay. Mine says to anoint the most holy. Same kind of thing. What's that all about? I don't know. Do I know? I don't know. Should I know this? Okay, let's think about... Where would you find uh, a holy place? I mean, it's t- referring to the holy place in the, in the temple. In the ah, sanctuary. the sanctuary, yes. Yes, indeed. And so during this, within this 490-year period... Yes. The sanctuary is going to be anointed. Y- y- yes. Yes. But there's a problem with that. What's the problem? There's not one here. Oh, uh, okay. Let me rephrase that. Within that 490-year period. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. The sanctuary is going to be anointed. Sure. All right. You still got... Um, okay. All right, all right, right. Okay, so let me fill you on a little bit of obscure... Yeah, I'm still confused. Yep. Bible give me, give me some, knowledge. Give me, yeah, okay. Hit me with the obscurities. When the very first temple was built, which was the one that was built by Moses, uh-huh. before it could be used, yeah. it had to be anointed. 
Okay. The way it was anointed was the blood of a bull. So they sacrificed a bull. They took the blood in there and they sprinkled it oh, on yeah, all yeah. of the furniture of the of the sanctuary. Yeah, I feel like I knew that somewhere. So before it comes into official use, it is anointed by the blood of a bull. Yeah, it's got an opening ceremony. Exactly. All right, so let's think about the sanctuary in heaven. Jesus dies here on this earth. He ascends into heaven. Mm-hmm. He is going to minister, the Bible says, in the sanctuary in heaven on the right hand of the Father on our behalf for the next however long until he comes back. And he's not going to take the blood of a bull, is he? No. He takes the merits of his own blood, the Bible says. Mm -hmm. He goes in there once with his own blood into the sanctuary in heaven. And so what you've got... In this prophecy. Oh, oh, I got it. Yes, yes, yes. I figured it out. I got it. Okay, go. That means that the anointing happens during Jesus' death. Like, it has to happen from that point onwards, which is when the start of the prophecy or the end of the previous one, that's that's the point. When Jesus' death, resurrection, that time frame. That's exactly right. So, within within the prophecy, here's what you're going to have. You're going to have a number of events that are going to take place, but we know that within the prophecy, you're going to have the entire earthly ministry of Jesus. Mm-hmm. You're going to have the death of Jesus and you're going to have the ascension of Jesus into heaven. Yeah. All within the prophecy. Nice. Okay. Nice. So it's just all coming together now. Got it. Okay. Let's now go then to verse 25. Now listen and understand. Seven sets of seven plus 62 sets of seven will pass from the time the command... Oh, stop, 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 stop. That's stop. a lot of numbers and a lot of math. I'm already confused. Forget the numbers and the math. <laughs> Okay. There is a critical word within that prophecy. Uh, listen and understand. No, not that one. No. Okay. Um, will pass. Not that one. I don't know. That's all I read before you cut me off. No, I read, you read something else. There was a really critical word. Now, not listen. Not now. Not, and not listen. understand. No. Seven sets of seven plus no. sixty-two no. sets no. of seven no. will no. pass. No. That's when you cut me off. No, it's not. From? Oh, that's ah! where it is. There is the word. There is the word. That's the key word to this <laughs> entire prophecy. I love how excited you get about this. Yep. There, is, there, is no more, there is no more important word anywhere in Daniel chapter 8 and Daniel chapter 9 than that word right there. From? Because that is your one missing puzzle piece. Oh, Nice. Okay, so remember we had... Which means all the pieces all the fit 2, together. 000, under 2,300 days, right? Yes. So, <gasps> under so, this particular point. This but is we the never from. had the from. This, this is, is the, the from. This is the from. This is the from. When you're giving a time prophecy, or you're giving a time statement, you say from here to here. Yeah. All we have is the to here. This is the from. But we don't have <gasps> the from. This is the one word that was missing from chapter 8, and now Gabriel's given it. No wonder you were so excited. This is cool. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I've I've been hanging out for this one since uh, yesterday. (laughs) Okay. From when? From the time the command is given to rebuild Jerusalem until a ruler, the anointed one, comes. Okay, Messiah the Prince. Nice. From the time of the command to rebuild Jerusalem. So here's all you have to do. All you have to do is go and find the command to rebuild Jerusalem and go forward by 2,300 years and you have the date for the beginning of the judgment. It's that simple. Nice. It is ridiculously simple. Well, I mean, it had to be simple enough that we could understand. Yeah. Otherwise, what would what be was, the point? Why, why would God put it in there? Yeah. Okay, so um, 
let's now think about this in a little bit more depth. We have to ask ourselves the question, when was that command given? Okay, so that's super simple. Now it gets complicated again. Mm. Because there were three. What? So which command do you go with? What? There's the command of Cyrus, the command of Darius, and the command of Artaxerxes. So which one would you choose? And why would you choose it? Oh, man. Um, we'll pass from the time the command is given to rebuild Jerusalem. To the uh, and there's three mm. commands. Find back in Ezra. Let's go back to Ezra. While we turn to Ezra, tell me, which one does your gut say we should use? I feel like... First, second, or third? I feel like it would be the last one. Oh. Oh. No. Oh, that's interesting. No, no, that's very interesting. Why would you say the last one? Because Wouldn't the logical thing be to go with the first one? Oh, okay, here's a command. It's just yeah, but made. I feel Let's like... Let's go and build... feel like this is a trick question. But I feel like I've, I've heard this at some point in one oh. of the classes or lectures or one of the many, you know, prophetic code meetings I've been to. I have a feeling the correct answer is the last one, even mm. though everybody assumes it's the first one. Okay. Not everybody assumes the first one, just Western people okay. assume it's Am the I first right one. Am I right or wrong? You're absolutely yes. right. Okay. Yes. Okay. You're absolutely right. I've got a brain that remembers things. That's so exciting. Okay. So, so seeing as we're doing this Bible study in a Western context in a Western country, yeah, we're we going to assume that most people are just going to go with the first one, you know? Like um, my wife and I, the other day, we bought a house. Very exciting. Very nice. We didn't actually buy a house. I mean, the bank did. The bank bought a house. (laughs) That's right. In about 30 years from now, we might buy a house. (laughs) But we have not bought a house. The bank bought a house. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's uh, let's 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 work. So, in a uh, in an Eastern context, particularly in the context. In the, the, the cultural context in which this was written, you will never date something from the first payment. You only ever date it from the last payment. Because yeah, it doesn't become complete. yours. Yeah. You date it from the completion, not the beginning. And you find many different instances of this in the Bible. And it's a little bit confusing for Westerners because like, no, nah, we did it now. No, you didn't. You did it at the end. We're impatient. <laughs> and what you've got in the book of Ezra is that uh, Cyrus... Makes the he originates the decree. Mm. Darius adds to it and confirms it, and Artaxerxes completes it. Yeah, the last one is when it's all official and that's right. Yeah, and so if you go, go to if you go to Ezra chapter six and verse fourteen, the Bible says this: the elders of the Jews built, and they prospered through the prophesying of Haggai the prophet and Zechariah the son of Iddo, and they built. And finished it, this is this is Jerusalem, according to the commandment of God, of the God of Israel. Notice here it's called the commandment of the God of Israel, so it's God's commandment. And according to the commandment, and I want you to notice the language here is very, very important, the commandment, singular, of Cyrus and Darius and Artaxerxes, kings of Persia. Notice that all of these commandments, according to the Bible, are just one commandment. Mm-hmm. And so this is where it becomes important. You need to go from the completion of the commandment by Artaxerxes, who doesn't just give a commandment to rebuild Jerusalem, but adds into that commandment a restoration of the temple services and of the government of Judah. It's a command to rebuild and to Restore. 
Now, we need to find out when this commandment was made. The great thing about this particular commandment is that it was made during the Persian era. And the Persians kept very, very accurate records. And because the Persians worshipped what was taking place in the sky, they linked all of their historical events to things that they saw in the night sky in particular. But sometimes in daytime as well, like eclipses and so forth. And because astronomy is an exact science, we have an exact chronology of all of the Persian kings. And so we know exactly when these decrees were all made. Okay, this is uh, Carly Fletcher with Teach Us to Number Our Days. We do not know how long we have to live our lives on this earth. Our lives may be 70 years, if by reason of strength, maybe 80. You're back with Encounter with God. This is our Bible study time. We're about to have another clue for our quiz. Gemma, go for it. 
I'm sorry, I forgot. I was getting real excited back into the Bible study. No, quiz. Okay. Is this? Yep. Next quiz for the who am I? The clue is Isaac is my brother. Hmm. There you go. See, I was right. You. <laughs> You were. Well done. <laughs> who is Isaac's brother? If you know who Isaac's brother is, then you can call us on 1-800-324-843 or text us on 0491-064-669. And don't forget the prize up for grabs is a book by Anita Marshall. They knew him. So yeah, give us a call and that will be all yours if you know the answer. All yours for free. Okay, give us a call right now and that prize will be coming your way. Okay, where are we up to? We were talking about Daniel chapter 9 and we were talking about uh, the command to restore and to rebuild Jerusalem. Sir Isaac Newton himself, the most influential scientist who ever lived, stated that the date for the beginning of the, 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 the date for the beginning of this particular prophecy was one of the most easy dates to calculate. Really? Yes. Go figure. 457 BC. Wait, what? It's the start of the prophecy. Okay, cool. Yeah, and 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 Sir Isaac Newton was like, "There's the you know, there's the canon of the Ptolemies. There's you know, references in Persian affairs. You know, the Persians. The Persians. The great thing about the Persians was that they did not record their history in the cloud, <laughs> or on a hard drive, or on paper." Mm-hmm. No, when they recorded their history, they're like, you know what? We want our history to be around for, like, ever. So they recorded their history by carving it in stone. That's a pretty solid way of... And you can go to Iran today. Probably not a great idea right now. (laughs) As soon as this coronavirus dies down, I highly recommend everybody to go to Iran. It's a great tourist destination. And you can see their records... Recorded in stone. You can see their records recorded. Yes. Yep. Carved into, you know, mountainsides, cliff faces, tablets. It's pretty cool. It's all there. And so you can read Persian history from the people who wrote Persian history, who were living at the time. Persian history written by contemporaries who were like, you know, so it's all right there. It's very, very easy to calculate uh, the dates of Persian history, unlike Egyptian history, where nobody has the faintest idea when any of the pharaohs ruled. <laughs> um, and anybody who says they do is having themselves completely on. Um, but with Persian history, we know exactly when those, when those kings ruled. The Achaemenid Empire. Cool. Dynasty. All right, so... Uh, we know exactly when Artaxerxes what ruled. We know exactly when the seventh year was. We can actually calculate this one down to the day. The actual day that it happens. Which is really cool. Yeah. Because Ezra, Ezra was a scribe, and so he gives a lot of detail. Anyway, it took, takes place in 457 BC. So now we have our starting date. Now let's go over to, back over to Daniel chapter 9. And I'm going to read from the King James Version, which is going to be so much more simple than the New Living Translation on this passage. <clears throat> because it simply says here, in verse 24, know therefore and understand that from the going forth of the commandment to restore and rebuild Jerusalem. In other words, from the day that commandment goes forward to Messiah the Prince. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's your from, from that day to the coming of the Messiah is going to be, uh, what does it say here, shall be 
Seven weeks and 62 weeks. What's seven plus 62, Gemma? Quick maths. Quick maths. 69. 69 weeks. Okay. So there you are given a most interesting prophecy. The Bible has just stated that from the going forth of the commandment to rebuild Jerusalem, which we just found in 457 BC, recorded in the book of Ezra, until Messiah, until Jesus Christ appears, and your translation specifically says the anointed one, which is actually a very good translation, until the anointed one appears will be 69 weeks. How many days are there in a week? Seven. How many... What does a day symbolize in Bible prophecy? One year. Okay, so seven times 69, 483. Mm-hmm. You've got 483 years from the going forth of the commandment to rebuild Jerusalem unto Messiah the Prince. That's a pretty specific prophecy, wouldn't you say? Yeah. Like really, really specific prophecy. Here's the interesting thing. <clears throat> if you calculate it from 457 B.C., it's going to give you the date A.D. 27. Cool. There's a problem with that date, though. Jesus wasn't born in 27 A.D. Jesus was born in 4 B.C. Yes. But he died. He would have died, resurrected that. You no? Know? No. 27 A.D. Oh, no, he would have been later than okay, that. Okay, so probably. what do you... So what... <laughs> No, okay, don't worry. Okay, now, I'm, now I'm confused. There is a clue. There is a clue. And you've got to look for the clues. Jesus is known by a lot of different names in the Bible, isn't he? Yeah. Heaps. In fact, in the book of Daniel, Heaps. he's called the Son of God in one place. He's called the Son of Man in another place, mm-hmm. just within this one book. Yeah. Right? And there are several other names for Jesus within the book of Daniel. The Anointed One, as an example that we just read. Yes. The Messiah. Yeah. The Anointed One. The word Messiah simply means... The anointed one, or anointed. Cool. When was, a G- when was Jesus anointed by the Holy Spirit? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Okay. I'm going to hazard a guess and say that it was 27. AD? Yes. Do you want to hazard a guess as to what the event was? When It was when he was baptized. Exactly. Yes, because like baptized. the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove. And, and like, anointed yes. him. He had the anointing of the Holy nice. Spirit there. He began his ministry as Messiah. The Bible doesn't point to the birth of Jesus Christ in this passage. Ooh. It points to the anointing of Jesus Christ. Nice. Yes. And that's exactly what happened. 27 AD is the year that Jesus was anointed by the Holy Spirit. Nice. This prophecy. As I said, this is the greatest messianic prophecy of all time because the Bible says, you know, Paul said, when the fullness of time has come. In other words, when the time was full, when it would filled up, God sent forth his son, mm. made a woman, made under the law. That's Jesus Christ. Uh, but he's referencing this prophecy right here because this prophecy gives you the year that Jesus would be anointed by the Holy Spirit. Which is so cool. So specific. And begin his ministry as Messiah. Yes. Okay, but here's something else that's interesting. There's another little clue here. It's not a major clue, but it's another little clue uh, right here in the middle of this. It says there will be seven weeks and 62 weeks. That's divided up into two parts, 434 years, 49 years. Yes. Why did it divide it up like that? Here's the answer. The decree to restore and, re- restore and rebuild Jerusalem mm-hmm. was completed in 457 B.C., 
but the actual city wasn't completed until another 49 years later. Yep. Okay, so you got 49 years to the completion of the city, following the completion of the decree, and then you've got 434 years from there brings you to the year AD 27, and so now we have two dates exactly fulfilled and historically verifiable. Mind blown. So cool. Okay. The prophecy was how long? How many weeks was in the prophecy? Oh, which one? (laughs) Okay, this prophecy here, the Bible says 70 weeks. 70, yeah. And so far we've covered 69 of them. Yes. How many is left? One. One week left. If you want to find out what happens in that last week, you're going to need to tune in tomorrow. This is Lesser Light Collective with In the Midst of the Week. Might give a few clues away in this song. Daniel and Vision saw a work of evil 2300 years, then it would end Wicked the little horn who reigns a season Then the sanctuary would be cleansed All of God's children wait, even prophets Daniel 13 years seeking the Lord Given the starting date, now we plot it Finding Messiah Prince at its core In the midst of the week can be sacrifice Through his sacrifice and mercy Bearing our justice In the midst of the week Ending offering Offering of his life In the midst Trust it Seventy years decreed For God's nation And the end of week For the prince Then in the midst cut off Desolation We have found his love ever since In the midst of the week And we sacrifice Through his sacrifice and mercy Bearing our justice In the midst of the week Ending offering Offering of his life In the midst Trust it We can trust it Jesus in the middle of the 2300 days, the 70th week begins in the same year. Messiah, the Prince, came. Messiah means anointed one. Jesus was anointed at baptism 27 AD, then three and a half years later, nailed to a tree. See, in the midst of the week 31 AD, he bled for me. Then came the week's termination, 34 AD, ended the decree. Then when we track it backwards, 70 weeks, we get 457 BC. Beginning of the 2300, since he's in the middle, we trust him. In the midst of the week, and we sacrifice, through his sacrifice and mercy, bearing our justice. In the midst of the week, ending offering, offering up his blood. In the midst of the week, ending all 
Would you like to get to know Jesus? Are you interested in learning how to study the Bible? Do you need some support and prayer for what's going on in your life? We have a local pastor in Armidale, Pastor David, who would love to support you. You can contact him by calling or texting 0430-190-101. That's 0430-190-101. Listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Forgiveness. It's easier said than done. But there's a program called Forgive to Live, designed to help us all improve our lives and discover the healing power of forgiveness. So if you're keen to take that first step, head to forgivetolive.org.au. Train up a child In the way that he should go And when he is old He will not depart from it Train up a child In the path that she should take And when she is old she will not forsake it Try to live the kind of life You'd have your children lead Living, loving, laughing every day Taking Jesus as your guide In all you do and say let him gently lead you all the way Train up a child In the way that he should go And when he is old He will not depart from it Train up a child In the path that she should take when she is old, she will not forsake it. Let your voice be filled with loving, let your face be bright, let your touch be warming as the sun. Show your love, don't hide it ever. Let it be like rain Freshening a heaven Here below Train up a child In the way that he should go And when he is old He will not depart from it Train up a child in the path that she should take When she is old She will not forsake it. Welcome back guys That was Paul Duncan With Train Up a Child 
And we're going to have another clue for our quiz because nobody's got it yet. No, and it's it's a really good one. Like I said earlier, I really this like is that, this is quiz. That, this is our last clue, isn't it? It is our last clue. Okay. I am Esau, Ishmael, or Samuel. Which one of those three? If you know the answer, give us a call, 1-800-324-843. And before we get to question of the day, just a breaking news story, major disaster taking place in Brisbane. Oh, really? Where a B-double semi-trailer caught fire with a load of toilet paper. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, actually, um, please. (laughs) Fire officer Justin Francis said that this is uh, not overly common. (laughs) But the main thing is no one got hurt and we've been able to save quite a lot of toilet paper. Wow. Which is really important wow. right now. Anyway, anyway. I'm sidetracked. <laughs> I just think this is... That's Australians amazing. are hilarious. This is going to go amazing. down on, in history as the great toilet paper run of 2020. <laughs> That's so sad. This is what okay. Australians are known for. It's so sad. <laughs> we need to come to more serious things and let's talk about question of the day. Okay. I have a question for you. Yes. I have a supplication. Okay. Well done. Thank you. Yes. I've been waiting like all show today. I was like, I'm going to use the word. I'm going to okay. use it. All right. Question of the day is, yep. if the prophecy that we've just been talking about with our Encounter with God Bible series is so well known, it's so specific, it's really obvious, it's right there in your Bible, black and white, then how come not More many people. people know about it? Like, how come churches out there don't teach this and preach this? And, you know, how come this isn't shared as widely as you would assume that it would be? Okay, if you were Satan, would you be happy with this prophecy existing? No, probably not. Okay, so to begin with, a number of uh, Jewish rabbis have pronounced a curse on anyone who studies the prophecy. Really? Yeah. That's that because, you know, this is kind of like shows who the actual Messiah was. Which uh, they don't believe. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's right. yep, yep, yep. So there's, there's a number of rabbis that have gone down that route. The, um, the Jesuits of the Middle Ages worked extremely hard and effectively to cover over this prophecy. And we're probably going to have time to talk more about this during the Bible study tomorrow. But you basically had, uh, in a desperate bid to get rid of this particular prophecy and to turn it from being a prophecy about Jesus Christ into a prophecy about the Antichrist. Hmm. Okay? That's what they did. You know, you would have to. You would have to wonder who would want to do that. Hmm. You know, somebody comes along like, "Oh, this is all about Jesus." I would rather this be about me. Who would have be motivated to do that? <laughs> that comes clearly from Satan. So you had a uh, fellow by the name of uh, Francisco Ribera. Mm-hmm. Um, he published a thesis in 1592, and he stated that no, this prophecy is not about the Messiah. This prophecy is about Antichrist. <laughs> And as a result of that, you have this seven-year end-time tribulation that many of you have heard of. If you're wondering about the origins of that, that's where it originates from. from? It originates from Daniel chapter 9 in an effort by Satan to get rid of the greatest messianic prophecy of all time. I grew up learning that. You did? Wow, that's where it comes from. There is the answer to your question right there. That is the answer to your question as to why so many people are unfamiliar with this prophecy because they have grown up with wow. Francisco Ribera's Jesuit theories um, in relationship to it. Now, <clears throat> there was another Jesuit published his thesis in uh, 1609, a man by the name of um, Louis de Alcazar. And he said, no, 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 this prophecy has nothing to do with 
um, you know, Jesus Christ and so forth, particularly the, the second in Daniel chapter 8. He's like, this is, this is all about, this is not the sanctuary in heaven or what Jesus is doing. Mm. Um, this is all about a man by the name of Antiochus Epiphanes. You've mentioned that before. Otherwise that known familiar. as Antiochus who? Huh. Because you've heard of him before. Because Only because you've said so. <laughs> and I like history, so I've heard of him before. But unless you're into history, you've never heard of this guy because, you know, it's like, who is he? Mm. Um, he's a pretty unheard of person. Very, very insignificant. And so that was the direction he went. Basically, Louis de Alcazar said that everything in the, in the books of Daniel Revelation were fulfilled by the time of Christ. Hmm. Basically, Francisco Ribera said everything in the books of Daniel Revelation is fulfilled in a seven-year period at the end of time. Yeah. Basically, what both of them said was, you don't need to worry about any of it right now because it doesn't apply to you. It's either in the distant past or the distant future. Hmm. I don't know about tomorrow I just live from day to day I don't borrow from the sunshine For its skies may turn to gray I don't worry for the future Yeah. 
every cloud is silver Listening to Alison Krauss and the Cox family with I Know Who Holds Tomorrow, and she brings us to the end of our breakfast show today, which is super oh, sad. So sad. I've today just was... been sitting here with Gemma, just geeking out on history during the song break. It's I should been, have been listening to the song. It's been kind of fun. Yeah, I've been having an awesome time. I've learned a lot. We'll we'll share that history with you tomorrow. Um, yeah, some amazing stuff. This is like the one. It's just like the greatest prophecy in the Bible. <laughs> anyway. Uh, end of the show. We're giving something away. What have we got? We're giving something away. We're going to give away a copy of the booklet History of Tomorrow, which ties in with yes. what we've been talking about. So if prophecy is something new to you and you've never really heard about any of this before, History of Tomorrow is a great little book because it starts way back at the beginning, Daniel Chapter 2, The Statue, Baby Steps. Yes. Yes, indeed. Okay, so um, if you would like your copy, be the first caller through on 1-800-324-843 or you can text us on 0491-064-669 and just be the first person to get in contact with us for History of Tomorrow. Very, very topical considering we're talking about uh, prophecy. Written by Julian Archer. Fabulous book. Julian Archer who has an office about, uh, what, <laughs> 10 metres from where we are sitting right here. Um, some local talent right there but uh, coming up in tomorrow's show we're going to continue on we're actually going to finish off this prophecy from Daniel chapter 9 an encounter with God who are we interviewing and it will tomorrow? blow your mind with the dates that we've got yet to cover nice. we are interviewing Daniel Prisbilko from Sydney and we have John Bradshaw coming up next but right now don't forget to talk faith live faith act faith and, and you grow, grow strong in Jesus Christ, Christ. Securely fold you, God be 
Why me, Lord? What have I ever done to deserve even one of the pleasures I've known? Tell me, Lord, what did I ever do that was worth loving you or the kindness you showed? I'm not 